Welcome back to Held and Healed. This podcast is a resource filled with resources to help you on your healing journey. And today I would like to tackle a very big topic or series of topics. This is something that I share about a lot in Held and Healed. So if you are a woman who is rebuilding after abuse, I welcome you to join us on Facebook. The group is very active. I share probably no less than six, maybe closer to 10 posts every single day. We have interaction, dialogue, conversation, and this is a topic that I cover often. If you are already a part of Held and Healed, remember that you can use the search feature and type in keywords and anything that I have shared in the group that falls in those categories will come to the top and you can just scroll through and read about that topic in great detail. So today we are going to tackle the topics of toxic positivity and then the cousin or the best friend in the spiritual realm is spiritual bypassing. These two things are very closely connected, except when you have been a part of a conservative, fundamental, evangelical church culture, spiritual bypassing is probably uh, more the form that it has taken, not just toxic positivity. They are both forms of gaslighting, and so we will talk a little bit about that down um, further in this podcast. So I want to give you a couple of just um, definitions that I found online. The first one is from Medical News Today. Toxic positivity is an obsession with positive thinking. It is a belief that people should put a positive spin on all experiences, even those that are profoundly tragic. Toxic positivity can silence negative emotions, demean grief, and make people feel under pressure to pretend to be happy even when they are struggling. So that definition came from Medical News Today. And let me just give a little disclaimer before we get any further in. Probably as we go through this, you're going to hear things that either you have said in the past and or things that have been said to you. So this is another opportunity to give yourself grace. We didn't know what we didn't know. A lot of us were very brainwashed in the cultures that we grew up in, the homes, the churches, the communities, organizations that influenced us. And so we just regurgitated the things that we were taught, believing that they were good, believing that they were healthy, believing they were helpful. However, as we learn to know better, we can then do better. And I like the way that this definition or explanation includes the word grief. And I think a lot of times when we are using toxic positivity and spiritual bypassing, one of our goals, whether we realize it or not, is to bypass grief. And grief is not something we can just jump over. Grief is something that needs to be felt, worked through, and the fear and trembling. You know, when we work out our faith with fear and trembling, I think grief is something we also come at with a lot of fear and trembling. We can't bypass it and be healthy. So um, I'm glad that this description included that. So give yourself grace as you listen to this. Don't beat yourself up and give others grace. And as we learn to know better, we can then do better. Another um, explanation from The Very Well Mind, and this was written by Kendra Cherry, says that feeling guilty about being sad, angry, or disappointment or disappointed is an example of toxic positivity, hiding or disguising how you really feel or trying to be stoic or just get over painful emotions. Those are all examples of toxic positivity. 
from Psychology Today, toxic positivity is the act of avoiding, suppressing, or rejecting negative emotions or experiences. This may take the form of denying your own emotions or someone else denying your emotions, insisting on positive thinking instead. Although setting aside difficult difficult emotions is sometimes necessary temporarily, denying negative feelings long-term is harmful because it can prevent people from processing their emotions and overcoming their distress. Of course, there's nothing wrong with showing positivity, optimism, and gratitude. Those traits help humans to flourish. Positivity only becomes problematic when it functions to reject negative emotions. If someone responded to a disclosure of distress, for example, with it's all for the best, just try to be positive or good vibes only. So that's from Psychology Today. So there is nothing wrong with positive affirmations. There's nothing wrong with positive declarations. There's nothing wrong with gratitudes. I actually very regularly on my personal Facebook profile, I share glimmers and gratitude, gratitudes and goodness glimmers because I want to focus on the things that are good and noteworthy in a day. It's only toxic when it is repressing, pushing down, and denying real emotion. And it's a lie when we're doing that. It's not even truth. And I am very much a truth and justice seeker and a truth and justice speaker. And for me to say things that are not true, it really unsettles me and it dysregulates me. So that's why this topic of toxic positivity, spiritual bypassing, gaslighting is so important to me. And I just want to kind of highlight some of the common things that we do and say, and we think that we're being helpful, but okay. So I posted this and this, this brought some serious conversation up in the group. So here are some examples of toxic positivity. It could be worse. (laughs) Somebody else has it worse than you do. You shouldn't feel dot, dot, dot. Just because things are relative does not mean they cannot cause us pain or harm. Stay positive. Not everyone is able to do this. It invalidates the feelings that someone has. So these are things we do not want to say to ourselves, to each other. Happiness is a choice. Negative emotions or if something bad happens is often not someone's choice. So this all comes from a graphic that I shared inside the group. And sadly, I don't even have a a source to point you to for this graphic. It did not include... um, the source on it. Happiness is not always a choice. That is not even a truthful statement. Oh, but it happened for a reason. This is meant to comfort, but it tries to diminish and avoid the hurt that is experienced. Just because something happens does not mean it should have happened. Just because something happened does not mean that God ordained it to happen. So we need to quit saying that. Good vibes only. (laughs) This pretends that having negative feelings is an option while it is human is what this okay sorry I'm like trying to um make my screen bigger and I think that that one cut off maybe there was another part of that explanation you will get over it everyone has their own mental journey this invalidates the current pain that someone is walking through so examples of toxic positivity it could be worse someone else has it worse you have so much to be grateful for. Stay positive. Happiness is a choice. It happened for a reason. Good vibes only. You'll get over it. You'll be okay. 
What doesn't kill us makes us stronger. No, what doesn't kill us gives us trauma, PTSD, CPTSD, chronic illness. It does not make us stronger. Hello. Our desire to fight and to heal and to grow through and despite trauma may make us stronger, but the actual trauma did not make us stronger. So now we're going to switch over to kind of the, what I called earlier, the cousin, the spiritual cousin, the churchy BFF of, of toxic positivity. And we're going to talk a little bit about spiritual bypassing. So in my way of explaining it, this is any time that we use a spiritual concept, scripture, prayer, anything of that nature to jump over human experience, pain, suffering, trauma. And a definition that psychology today gives is spiritual bypass is a defense mechanism. Although the defense looks a lot prettier than other defenses, it serves the same purpose. Spiritual bypass shields us from the truth. It disconnects us from our feelings and helps us to avoid the bigger picture. So This is very much the same as toxic positivity, but it's when people begin to use it as a form of spiritual abuse and they start quoting scripture, sometimes often out of context scriptures that were cherry picked and isolated and they don't even take the full context or the original language. So many scriptures have been mistranslated and they don't even mean what the original Hebrew or Greek intended. And so it's really dangerous when we do this to ourselves, to other people. Here is an example of what spiritual bypassing looks like. This is a quote that I do not agree with and that I put a big X through when I shared it in our group. You will never experience peace until you stop letting things you can't control control you. Let them go. All right, this is an example of spiritual bypassing. And it was posted by a spiritual leader, someone that I know that influences a lot of people that I care about. And so I saw this, I grabbed it, I put a big X through it, and then I took it to the group and I explained, okay, this is my explanation. This shows the lack of understanding between the brain and the body. Our bodies tell the story and remember things that our brains often don't recall. This is why nervous system regulation is so important. We cannot just let it go. Would we tell someone to just let it go while they were having a cardiac event? No. Would we tell someone to just let it go if their kidneys were failing? No. But when the injury is related to the brain, this is what so many leaders preach and teach. Nate, and I don't want to butcher his name, it is spelled P-O-S-T, L-E-T-H-W-A-I-T. If you do not follow Nate on social media, please do yourself a favor and follow. This is a man who understands incredible amounts of childhood trauma, spiritual abuse, etc. And every single post that he puts on Instagram and Facebook, I feel like he is looking into my heart and he knows me and he gets me. Nate writes, when your, your abuser says things like leave it in the past or you need to forgive and forget, what they mean is you need to adapt better to the ways that I'm hurting you. And I write, I'm grateful for those who truly get it. Some of my favorite resources that offer the lived experience of trauma and recovery are trained in abuse and trauma, knowledgeable about neuroscience and a desire to know God and his word while they consider the context, the culture, and original language are 
Flourish Therapy with Luke and Lawrence Malcolm, Sarah Jackson Coaching, Adam Young Counseling, and KJ Ramsey. Those are some of my favorites who have a foundation of the word, but don't use it to abuse people, don't use it to beat people up over the head, understand trauma, brain-body connection. They also have lived through their own hard things, and then they come from all that knowledge, all that wisdom, all that life experience. Flourish Therapy, which is Luke and Lawrence Malcolm, Sarah Jackson Coaching, Adam Young Counseling, and KJ Ramsey. Love these people. All right. So forcing forgiveness. Okay, this is another example of spiritual bypassing. Forcing forgiveness while failing to acknowledge abuse is spiritual bypassing. Spiritual bypassing is a form of spiritual abuse. So I want to just take a quick second here, a couple seconds to share about a progression of healing that Sarah McDougall has taught me. There is there are certain things that need to happen in a certain progression as you're healing. So the first one is safety. If you are a survivor of trauma and abuse, safety is your first priority. And this is for spiritual leaders as well. As you're walking with someone, if they come to you and they disclose their situation that they are in and you are familiar with the 18 forms of abuse, please get familiar with that. That's another resource that Sarah McDougall has put out. At the very least, go back and listen to my podcast about the 13 uh, patterns and systems of abuse. This is before she updated the, um, the list and or the power and control wheel. Just get familiar with those lists and understand that abuse is so much more than broken bones and bruises. There's psychological, there's mental, there's spiritual, emotional, using the kids, using pets and property, finances, medical abuse. There's so many different forms of abuse, okay? Get familiar with that. And when someone comes to you and they begin to describe that these things are happening in their home, even if they don't have bruises, even if they don't have broken bones, they are still being traumatized and abused in their home, terrorized. Safety is first. Once she is in a place of safety, she can move to number two, which is stability. And each of these steps has a lot of different components, okay? I'm just glossing over and giving you a quick overview. Once she is safe, once she is stable, then we can begin to work on strengthening her and helping her and empowering her. And that may be the point where things like forgiveness are suggested, but never, ever forced. But what happens so often is before a woman is safe and before a woman is stable, forgiveness is being forced. And it is so harmful. It re-traumatizes, it re-victims, it blames and shames the victim. So if someone is coming to you and they are disclosing that these horrific things are happening in their home, do not, do not even bring up the word forgiveness. Please, for the love of God, for the love and the sake of these precious women who are coming out of hellfire or still in the midst of hellfire, do not. And I will give a very personal example. I was attending um, an event that was very much a part of my history, something that I love to do every summer. And I had a relationship with a spiritual leader in our community who was someone that I looked at as a spiritual brother, brother in Christ, someone that I had done ministry with for many years, really thought him to be a safe, good, loving leader. It was the day before my ex was getting remarried and there was 
extreme trauma that was connected to this. I can't go into all that, but let's just say that this was extremely traumatic. It wasn't just we're divorced and he's getting remarried. It it brought 20 years of horrific memories back to play, okay? And I, this person knew about that history, okay? So just as a baseline, just as a foundation, this person knew my story. And I just went up to him and asked for prayer because I was really struggling with this event that was coming up the next day. And he said to me, Heather, you just need to forgive. Oh my word. It devastated me. It devastated me. That was all the love that I got. That was all the support that I got. I was neither safe nor stable. I certainly was not strong and forgiveness was being crammed down my throat. The very next day, I had another friend of 20 some plus years say to me, you need to become his biggest prayer warrior. Well, no, that ship has sailed. I was his biggest prayer warrior for 20 plus years. But now that we are no longer together, I am not wanting my soul to be knit and tied. Do I still hope and pray that things get taken care of for the sake of his soul, for the sake of my children? Of course, yes. But I am not called as the survivor do that any longer. And when that person said it, it was a phone call, I just went completely silent and I began to weep as silently and quietly as I could. And those were the two responses of two people that I had looked up to, to be my spiritual like mentors and support. Devastating. So forcing forgiveness while failing to acknowledge that abuse was present is a, a form of spiritual bypassing. So we help women to become safe, stable, work on strength, and then she can move most times to a place of Shiro where she begins to advocate for others. But we don't ask her to do that before she is safe, before she is stable, before she is strong. So shout out to Sarah McDougall once again for all the amazing resources that you give to us and for teaching us about forms and patterns of abuse. I have this graphic here by Dr. Allison Cook, and I'm going to read... Um, what spiritual bypassing might look like an example and then give you what spiritual support and being mature and truly entering in with people would look like. So do not say this is spiritual bypassing. Your love can cure them. That's bypassing. Spiritual support says, I get that you're angry and your anger makes sense. Your anger is valid and I validate that. Spiritual bypassing would say, God wouldn't give you more than you can handle. Okay, first of all, that's not even biblical. There's no passage that says that. That is bullcrap. <laughs> that's spiritual bypassing. Spiritual support said, I am sorry you're hurting. I wish you didn't have to go through this. Do you know what? I don't think these things are necessarily matchy-matchy. Um, maybe they are. Maybe they are. Some of these don't always match. Like, when you go across the graphic, but maybe they do. Spiritual bypassing says God always gives a clear sign. Not true. Spiritual support says it's brave to step into uncertainty and I am praying with you. You may even take it a little bit further if it's a close friend and someone that you can make this commitment to. I'll be here for you. I'll be here for you for the long haul. You can have boundaries about what that looks like, but long hauling it with people who are coming out of crisis is precious. Spiritual bypassing. We're going to talk a little bit more like the, about this down <clears throat> a little bit further down. All right, here comes the. Uh... <clears throat> All right, I get to the 20 minute mark <clears throat> before this starts. <laughs> 
I'm not used to talking out loud a lot. And so when I go to do these podcasts, sometimes my voice does not, it is not happy with me. Spiritual bypassing says faith removes fear. And like I said, I have more about this down a couple slides down. Spiritual support says it is scary. I get it. And I'm with you. We're going to talk about why faith over fear is a harmful, harmful statement. Um, Spiritual bypassing says you need to let go and let God. We just talked about that a little bit earlier. While spiritual support says, I see how hard you've been working. You're bearing such beautiful support, uh, such beautiful fruit. Oh my gosh. Let me read that again. The bypassing says you need to just let go and let God. But supporting that person in the midst of the muck says, I see how hard you've been working. You're bearing such beautiful fruit. Do you see how different those two things feel? I think that if someone had looked at me in the midst of coming out of 20 years of abuse in my home, a lifetime of abuse in my family of origin, spiritual abuse and trauma, chronic illness, I cannot imagine what it would have felt like in that moment to have someone say, I see how hard you're you're working, Heather. You're keeping one foot in front of the other. Good for you, and I see good fruit in your life. That would have been absolutely precious and priceless. Benjamin, Reverend Benjamin Kremer, C-R-E-M-E-R, is a leader that I follow on Instagram and Facebook. And he touches on a very, very common form of spiritual abuse through spiritual bypassing. He says, a reminder, your anxiety is not a sin. Your depression is not a sin. Your PTSD is not a sin. What is sinful is when someone adds to your trauma by telling you that your anxiety, depression, and or PTSD reveals a lack of faith in God. Let me read this again. This is a powerful, powerful quote that someone who is listening needs to hear. I feel that with all certainty. A reminder, your anxiety is not a sin. Your depression is not a sin. Your PTS is not a sin. PTSD is not a sin. What is sinful is when someone adds to your trauma by telling you that your anxiety, depression, and or PTSD reveals a lack of faith in God. That is a form of horrific spiritual abuse, horrific spiritual bypassing, and it needs to stop. This is an example of someone who has no understanding of neuroscience, trauma, abuse, nervous system regulation. The body tells the story. You can't just let things go when they live inside of you. Amy Nix, um, At Amy's Margin, I believe on Twitter, she wrote, God's response to Lazarus's death was not, he's in a better place. And it wasn't, don't worry, you'll see him again. His response was to weep. That's it. Jesus wept. A Christ-like response to someone's grief is to grieve with them. No platitudes or stoic strength, just weep. And so, again, examples of toxic positivity or spiritual bypassing When someone passes away, he's in a better place. She's in a better place. Don't worry. You'll see them again. They're so much better off. Those are all examples of what not to say. 
But like Jesus, we can come and we can enter in and we can weep with those who weep. Jesus even knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. And he still took time to weep. He still took time to feel the very human emotions. That is an example of our Savior that we need to follow. All right, here we're going to dig into this faith over fear. This has been something that has been in our faces big time over the last three years since our world shifted, okay? And I would see this all over the place. I probably like shared it and perpetuated it without realizing at the time how harmful it was in a world that was going sideways and people who were losing loved ones and people who were experiencing fear that they had never experienced before. The phrase faith over fear is a common example of spiritual bypassing. And K.J. Ramsey in her book, The Lord is My Courage. If you do not have it, please get it. Powerful. She just released Common Courage, a book of Common Courage as well. K.J. is a gift to the survivor community. I can't say it enough. Love her, love her, love her. And she writes, faith over fear is a toxic half-truth. So when something only is partially true, it can do a lot of harm, a lot of damage. And that is what happens with spiritual bypassing so much. Faith over fear is a toxic half-truth. She continues, the power of the phrase, do not fear, is found in participating in the story where the presence of God goes with and before us everywhere we go all the days of our lives. Fear is a facet of being human. Fear emerges from the physiological state of stress that God made to protect you from danger and bring you to safety. At its core, fear is not a lack of faith. It is a lack of perceived safety. I'm going to read that again. This is from K.J. Ramsey. At its core, faith is not a lack of faith. Sorry, fear is not a lack of faith. It is a lack of perceived safety. Your tight shoulders pounding heartbeats, and even your panic attacks are prompts to treat yourself like someone who is truly worthy of safety, love, and belonging. May your faith include your feelings. May your fear become a fuel to treat yourself as one whom Christ calls friend. You don't need to fight your fears. You need a friend who draws near. Refuse to do battle against the parts of you that need kindness the most. Love it so very much. And that comes from KJ's book, The Lord is My Courage. Another amazing resource on this topic is Adam Young's podcast, The Place We Find Ourselves. And he does an episode about what anxiety is and how those of us who have been in religious circles have been told to repress our feelings and our emotions and how that actually perpetuated and made the anxiety worse. So I will do my best to remember to go back and add that podcast episode into the show notes so that you can read, uh, listen to that. He also has an incredible episode that's more recent about four common things that are delaying our healing. And I will add that to the show notes as well. Powerful, powerful stuff. Again, from someone who does understand God's word, does come from that angle, but still has the understanding of the brain-body connection, neuroscience, etc. Here is another, oh, 
Here is another example of spiritual bypassing that burns me up. The church will never let you down. Sorry, let's try that again. The church will let you down, but Jesus never will. Total bypassing. Let you down also minimizes heinous, sometimes criminal abuse that survivors have endured. It enables abusers and further traumatizes the wounded. A better response than this one is, I am sorry you have suffered so much. I'm sorry that those who claim to represent Christ harmed you in his name. Can you help me learn to recognize abuse and support survivors? So let's switch out this stupid, uninformed, ignorant, bypassing, lacking empathy, lacking compassion. The church will let you down, but Jesus never will. And let's replace it with, I'm sorry you have suffered so much. I'm sorry that those who claim to represent Jesus harmed you in his name. Can you help me learn how to recognize abuse and support survivors? Two very different responses to the same problem. All right, and so often that term let you down is being used. It's bypassing. It is minimizing. It is overlooking horrible abuse, and it needs to stop. And then I just had this thought this morning. At best, at the very best, toxic positivity and spiritual bypassing are ignorant and uninformed ways of telling ourselves and others to just get over hard things. At worst, they're intentional and forms of gaslighting. So at the best, all right, toxic positivity, spiritual bypassing, all these examples we've shared, they're just ignorant, they're uninformed, and we just want people to get over their stuff quick, move on so that we don't have to be bothered. At the worst, they are intentional and they are forms of gaslighting. So I grabbed... And I'm not going to do a whole lot of talking about gaslighting today because that really is its own episode. (laughs) But just a simple definition from psychology today. Gaslighting is an insidious form of manipulation and psychological control. Victims of gaslighting are deliberately and systematically fed false information that leads them to question what they know to be true, often about themselves. They may end up doubting their memory, their perception, and even their sanity. Over time, the gaslighter's manipulation can grow more complex and potent, making it increasingly difficult for the victim to see the truth. Gaslighting is something that I have dealt with all of my life. Didn't know it had a name. Didn't know it was what was going on. I was fed things as a child like, oh, that's an invalid memory. That was a very common phrase that was presented to me by my abuser in childhood when I would express concern about my safety, abusive things that were happening around me. That's not a valid memory. Oh my gosh, that is the epitome of gaslighting. You're just too sensitive. That didn't really happen. I didn't mean it. I was just joking. Okay, these are all examples. Like I said, I can do a complete podcast episode on this topic because I have had 40, almost 49 years of experience in this reality. I'm not going to take a lot of time, but this is dangerous, dangerous. And these things that we're talking about today are forms of gaslighting. So now I'm going to grab a book. I'm going to lay my phone down. Hopefully you can still hear me and it won't jolt my phone. 
I'm going to grab this book by Dr. Julie Smith. This is another wonderful, wonderful resource. I would encourage you to follow her on Instagram and on Facebook. She does the most amazing reels with object lessons. She drives home concepts with very simple illustrations. She packs a punch into a 60-second reel, really, truly. And so I picked up her book. Why has nobody told me this before? Everyday tools for life's ups and downs. Let me read that again. Dr. Julie Smith, the book title, Why Has Nobody Told Me This Before? Everyday tools for life's ups and downs. Powerful. And I just want to jump into a section that she did. Her chapter, her chapter on self-doubt, the key to building confidence. She, she touches on the topic of positive affirmations. Now, I have been a part of a lot of different communities that are all about the positive affirmations. I am not going to say to not speak positive things. I'm not going to say that because words are powerful and words matter, but also truth matters. So often I was being asked to say things that just weren't true. So if my body was ravaged with sickness and I couldn't I couldn't move and I couldn't function, I was encouraged to say I am healed. And I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. It wasn't honest. If I was emotionally not well, I was encouraged to say I am fine. It was a lie. I was not fine. If I did not feel strong and I was being told that I had to say that, it felt like a lie. So I, again, truth and justice girl, true seeker, true speaker, I could not make myself say things that I didn't believe were true. I even went through um, some business coaching and training where we dealt a lot with positive affirmations and it made me just sick inside. I was in the absolute throes of coming out of trauma and abuse and I felt physically ill. I didn't understand. I was like, well, what they're saying seems to be good, but I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. Of course, if something doesn't line up with my beliefs and my morals, what I believe the Bible says to be true, I'm not going to say that, right? I'm not. I'm not going to be just like, just putting a bunch of things. I don't like the word manifestations. Like I just, I'm not going to spew a bunch of stuff into the air that I don't believe. So when I got to this part of Dr. Julie's book, it made it all make sense, okay? She says, ditch the positive affirmations. This is page um, 168 and 169 of her book. And I'm just gonna read these two pages. You cannot open a social media platform without coming across an offering of daily affirmations. The idea behind this is that if you say something to yourself enough times, you will start to believe it and become it. But as it turns out, things aren't quite that simple. For those who already have high self-esteem and believe in themselves, repeating affirmations can have a small benefit of feeling a little better. But some studies have shown that for people with low self-esteem, and I'm just going to add in here trauma and abuse survivors, okay? Back to Julie. Repeating affirmations and statements that they don't believe, for example, I am strong, I am lovable, or being asked to focus on all the reasons that statement is true tended to make them feel worse. The reason for this may be that internal dialogue that we all have. If you say out loud that you are strong and lovable, but you don't believe that you are, then your inner critic will get to work coming up with all the reasons why you are not strong or lovable. 
The result is an internal battle and plenty of time to focus on all the narratives that bring you down while you are desperately trying to push them away. So what works instead? Well, the study I previously mentioned found that those with low self-esteem were told it is okay to experience negative thoughts. When they're told that, their mood improves. They no longer have to battle with trying to convince themselves of something they don't yet believe. Therefore, on the days when we don't feel strong, you don't need to tell, we don't need to tell ourselves that we are. We can acknowledge that feeling this way sometimes is part of being human. We can respond to it with compassion and encouragement. We can then turn to the things that help us to feel confident in our own strength again by using all the tools at our disposal to move through tough times in line with the person we want to be. The way that we start to believe something more positive about ourselves is to use action to create evidence for it. While affirming, while affirmations may not be the best strategy for those with low self-esteem, words still matter. If mistakes and failure lead us to an onslaught of self-attack, do not let any of it go unchecked. Professional athletes have professional coaches for this reason. In day-to-day life, we don't have that. So we must be that voice for ourselves. The natural emotional response to failure influences our thoughts and makes us more vulnerable to self-criticism. So we can't always stop it, but we can respond to it with an alternative that serves us better. To build confidence, you have to get to work being your own coach instead of your own worst critic. That includes responding to failure in a way that will help you to get up, dust yourself off, and get back out there. A professional coach would not bully you with words or chant affirmations that you couldn't believe. They would bring honesty, accountability, unconditional encouragement, and support. They are in your corner, whatever the score, with your best interests at heart. Doing that for yourself is not always easy, but it is a life skill that can improve. We can improve on with practice. I love this so much. It was such a light bulb moment. This is why my stomach turned over, my heart pounded. I couldn't do these frou-frou positive affirmations. If I didn't believe it, I wasn't going to say it, right? I'm going to scroll down here. This is also from Nate the Great, I call him. I think it's past the weight. I don't know. (laughs) We love you, Nate. He says, instead of saying, stop living in the past, try this. I can see how and why you were still hurting. Instead of saying you need to forgive and forget, that's not even biblical, y'all. It's not biblical. Try this. That must be difficult to have to remember. Do you see how different those responses are? Instead of saying everything happens for a reason, say, I am so sorry you have gone through that. All right, this is from exploring therapy, exploring.therapy. Don't say this. I'm sure it's nothing. Instead say, this is such a difficult time. How can I support you? Instead of saying everything is going to be okay, Say, I don't have solutions, but I care about you and I'm here to listen. Instead of saying, relax, there's no need to panic. How about, what can I do to help in addition to sending you good thoughts and praying for you? Instead of saying, just stay positive, 
say, I understand why you'd feel anxious, scared, or worried. What can I do to be there for you? Instead of saying, stop worrying, everything will be fine. What's been helping you cope with all of this? Instead of saying, this will be over soon. I hear you and I'm here for you. Very good. This is an example that was given, a chart, again, from Allison Cook. And she gives the spiritual bypassing on one column and then the emotional maturity. Spiritual bypassing says if you leaned on God more, you wouldn't get so tired. Emotional maturity says I'm weary. I sense a need to say no to requests for my time. Woo! Boundaries. We love them. Spiritual bypassing says you have Jesus. You shouldn't feel sad or alone. Emotional maturity says this news has me feeling fragile and alone. God, I am grieving. And he will meet you. He will meet you there. Spiritual bypassing says, fear is sin. Pray it away. Emotional maturity says, I notice anxiety as I learn to trust again. God, help me be wise. Spiritual bypassing says, you just need to forgive and forget. Again, not biblical. Emotional maturity says, I feel so angry. God, help me honor this pain even as I discern how to move forward. Here are some things to say when words are hard. And this is from sit with it. These are just some things. Silence is okay. She also says that silence is totally okay. To sit with someone in the midst of their grief, in the midst of their suffering, and just be silent. Just be present. Wash some dishes. Fold some laundry. Bring a meal. And then these are some things that might be helpful. This is hard. I believe you. I'm going to stay with you through this. Again, Make sure that if you're going to say that, that you follow through and you have boundaries of what that looks like. But being a long hauler is so vital. I won't give up on you. I am here for you. I love you. I wish I could take this pain away. You have my support. This really sucks. Sometimes we just need to say that. I trust that you know what is best for your body and your healing. Oh my goodness. Giving someone the credit for taking care of themselves and for healing is very empowering. I don't know what to say, but I am here for you. And it's okay if you don't feel like being strong today. Now, because I have my laptop in front of me, I'm going to try to hop over here to Facebook because this is easier than putting this in the show notes. Ha <laughs> And I am going to find those episodes of, of Adam Young because, my goodness, goodness gracious, they have helped me so much. All right, I'm going to look up the one about anxiety first. So I'm typing and trying to talk at the same time. Okay. Um, let me see here if he... I have a couple things. Here we go. Episode 109 of The Place We Find Ourselves. It explains the difference between fear and anxiety. It addresses how many within faith communities are condemned when experiencing or expressing these emotions. So The Place We Find Ourselves, if you just type that into Google, you will go straight to um, a link that anybody can listen to. You don't have to have a podcast app. And listen to episode 109. And he writes, this is a quote from that episode. If you have felt sadness from your past, and who doesn't, you need to let your body feel that sadness and express that sadness. 
The task in many ways is simply to bear witness to the suffering you endured as a boy or girl. Very often when we feel anxiety, it's because there is a part of us that wants to pay attention to it and take it seriously. So that's episode 109 of Adam Young. And then I'm going to look up the episode that um, I just listened to this week that so many people have already, I've shared it, they've listened and they've shared it with other friends and it's just making its way. Um, He has so many great episodes. Um, I just highly recommend it, but please take time to, um, I'm trying to scroll and talk and clearly Heather cannot do those two things at once. Take time to process in between, okay? Don't don't binge. This is like going to therapy. I'm not saying it's a substitution for therapy, but the emotions that it could bring up, um, it's, it's intense. So please take time to process between episodes. And here I found it, yay. Um, journal, talk to a trusted friend, um, jump into our group and find um, the episodes where we mentioned it and comment and dialogue with other people in the group. Get outside, get some fresh air, take a walk, pet your dog or your cat, like do things in between. Make sure you're getting proper rest. Like don't binge. These are so powerful and full of gems and truth, but they can also bring up a lot, a lot of memories. In episode 129, is that correct? What gets in the way of healing for obstacles? And I wrote this. When we minimize the harm done in our stories, we're going to delay our healing. And that's what we've been talking about today. Bypassing and toxic positivity, right? Uh, When we spiritualize the harm done to us, we delay our healing, spiritual bypassing. When we engage in self-contempt, we delay our healing. And if we're unwilling to slow down, we may delay our healing. So those are all obstacles. And this episode is excellent. It's not condemning. It's not harsh. It's not like beating you upside the head. It's just sharing some very practical things. And one quote I, I grabbed from this because it was really telling. He talks about how sometimes people say, I don't have trauma from my past and I had a good childhood and da, 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 da. But then he says, tell me about a time when you felt emotionally comforted by your mom after a hard day. Tell me about a time when you felt really celebrated by your, da- your dad. If your mind goes blank when you're trying to think of memories about being comforted and celebrated by your parents, that's a really big deal. So it's not always about what was done to us, but sometimes what was withheld that causes the harm. That was a light bulb moment for me. So I thank you so much. This was a lot. We covered a lot here. Um, But I encourage you to follow Adam Young, KJ Ramsey, Sarah Jackson Coaching, Flourish Therapy. There are so many others, y'all, but I just kind of picked some of my top ones. If you don't already follow the Honor Project movement on Facebook and Instagram, please do that. And if you go to that account on Instagram and you look through the accounts that I am following, a lot of them are mental health professionals and you will get so many gems. You'll get very specific instructions for how to regulate your nervous system, exercises to do, like they actually do them in front of you on the camera, in the reels. I mean, you can't get any easier than this. I know for a lot of you, affording therapy or trusting a therapist or getting to a therapist right now may not be an option. So I encourage you to jump into Held and Healed, follow the accounts that Honor Project Movement follows, and 
learn a little something each day. If you, if you just grab a nugget or have a light bulb moment each day or several a week and you begin to practice the things that you're learning, in time they're going to become habits and you're going to get healthier every time you implement a healthy habit that regulates your nervous system. So I, again, encourage you not to be hard on yourself if you have bypassed or used toxic positivity because most of us were very indoctrinated and this was ingrained in us and we were taught that if you were a godly young woman, you would just read your Bible more. You would just pray more. If you were a godly wife who was dealing with abuse and adultery, if you just submitted more and prayed more and nagged less and gave sex more, he would change. This is the bull crap that we were indoctrinated with and brainwashed with. And now we are unlearning. Now we are coming from a new angle, a new perspective. We have people out there who are voices of truth, who are telling us that we have value and worth and that our identity was never tied up in someone and how they treated us. But we thought it was and we believed it was. And now we're we're given the opportunity to grow and to heal, to unlearn and to relearn, to repair if we have done this to others. We can go back and apologize and say, I am so sorry. And if you want to tell me how it caused you to feel when I use these words and I overlooked your pain and your trauma, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I've had to do this with a lot of people, y'all. I've had to do this with a lot of people. And I will continue to do this as things come to my memory. As faces come and I remember conversations we've had, I will go to that person and say, oh my gosh, I remember a conversation we had in the past and I may have said this or I may have caused you to feel this and I am so, so sorry. That's all we can do. That's all we can do. We can't undo the past, but we can repair when we are given the opportunity. And that humility goes a long, long way. So I hope and pray that this has been encouraging, enlightening, empowering, all the good stuff. And just pray that you will be just feeling held by him even as you are on your healing journey. Blessings.